Welcome to the Boys of Summer. This is episode number 67. I'm Gene Gums. I'm joined by my friends Paul Arnold and Eric Braun as we talk about our favorite sport, baseball. And guys, it has been entertaining the last couple of days. Major League Baseball, we talked about it the last show, about they were going to crack down on the sticky substances on the baseball. Well, they've done that. Uh, and the first person to get checked was none other than Jacob DeGrom, the guy who has the, uh, the, the best stats in baseball this year. He did it with a smile, right? He got, went there. They checked his glove. They checked his hat. They checked his belt. Well, things got a little crazy on day number two. And let's start with Max Scherzer. Now, I love Max Scherzer. He's as intense as it gets. And he did not take too kindly when <laughs> Joe Girardi asked him to be checked in the middle of an inning, and this is where I want to. This is where I want to go with this. This is kind of the uh, unintended consequences mm-hmm. kind of thing with Major League Baseball. You started out, you say we're going to check you between innings. Well, now the other manager has a chance to ask for a check during the game. So now we get into gamesmanship, and there is no doubt in my mind that's what uh, Joe Girardi did from the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday. Max did not take that well, and if you were Max Scherzer, guys, how would you have taken that one? Well, I think about as well as Max took it. I mean, yeah, first of all, I, he'd already been checked how many times before? Twice. Like, twice before twice. that, right? Yep. So, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I, and post game, you know, Girardi said that it was, you know, about him, you know, touching his, his head and, you know, he, that he had seen, you know, he's had him, he's played against him several times, blah, blah, blah. But it was, you know, it could have waited. There was no reason to do it right then. Um, yeah, I would have, uh, you know, been, been salty with, uh, with him. Salty. Like salty. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Do you get salty? I get very salty, especially when I'm driving the highway and somebody deserves a double finger salute. Then I get really <laughs> salty. Um, <laughs> I think there's a couple things going on here. Girardi gets a little more, uh, credit then maybe he's due because he was at New York Yankees and he didn't win the World Series. I don't know if another manager would have gotten that. Number two, um, Max Scherzer was going to his hair more, but I think he's smart enough to know, hey, even a little wetness from my sticky hair is better than nothing right now. So I I think there may be more to that than we want to think about, but there's no way they should allow managers to interrupt an inning. doesn't matter who they are because that opens up way too many can of worms and it puts the umps in an uncomfortable position. It gives too much power to the managers, and I thought that was just junk. And I think it was worse that Girardi was getting all puffed up like, hey, man, come out here, let's fight, let's fight, and then he got tossed. I thought that was really weak, and Dombrowski came out today supporting – Girardi and he sort of had to, but still, I thought that was so weak. Uh, I I was like, I, I sort of wanted to see Scherzer go over and pop him one just for real quick. <laughs> well, you know, and Scherzer's thing was, it was like, look, I've been licking my fingers all day. I've been trying to use the rosin, and I've been licking my fingers so I can use that with the rosin. And the rosin tastes like crap. And by the way, if you've ever tasted rosin, uh, it's uh. not good. You know, so I get that. And he said, I just finally realized that if I use some sweat for my hair, you know, I get it's something. I get some kind of grip on the baseball, you know, and it was, by the way, it was not long after he had just, you know, thrown one up and in to the young kid, Alec Bohm on the Philadelphia Phillies and almost hit him, you know. So his idea was, look, I just got to get some control of the baseball. And he figured that was a good way to do it. And uh, to me, that's reasonable. So what's funny is that with that, with 
Girardi coming out and you know wanting to <clears throat> came out to like challenge to fight. He wasn't actually he didn't want to fight Scherzer. He wanted to fight Kevin Long, the hitting coach for uh, 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 for the Nationals, who was his bench coach in New York, and they were John back and forth. Uh, I was watching the John Boy uh, media video. If you don't, so John what? John Boy. John Boy, J O M. I thought you meant John Boy, like the Waltons, the old TV no, show. No, no, no. This is John Boy media, and they are hilarious. But what he often does is he'll he'll read the lips of the okay. coaches and stuff. And so, and you could see going back and forth that it was actually uh, that Kevin Long was was telling. Uh, in, in so many words that he did not agree with the approach that uh, the Girardi was taking. And so then there, John back and forth. And that was who he was like coming out and challenging to, you know, you want to go, you want to go, let's oh, okay. go. Kay. Cause, uh, cause he calls him K long. Um, that's apparently his nickname. So he was like, you want to go K long, let's go K long. And he was saying that over and over again. So that's who he's actually wanted. Anyway, he still got kicked out and it was still a weenie move, but you know, there you are. Well, you know, one of the things Major League Baseball had said, too, was that they were going to be watching out for what they call gamesmanship, and they weren't going to allow managers to use it as a gamesmanship where if the manager did it and the umpire didn't agree that the, you know, that they could have could eject the manager. Now, he did get ejected, but it wasn't for necessarily calling for the check. But my question is, is maybe if they're going to do it in the middle of a game, should they have a rule like, hey, all right, we'll check them. But if we don't find anything you're out of here. Yeah, I think so. Um, now I, I, of course it's, it's important to keep in mind that this isn't a new thing. You know, managers can ask, have been able to ask that of the umpires, um, forever. Right. It's just right now they have a pretty good excuse to be able to do it. But, um, yeah, that was, um, oh, and now I'm blanking on his name. The, the Los Angeles pitcher, um, Bauer, Clayton. Trevor Bauer. No, the uh, the the guy who's been the ace for years there, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw and his his uh, he. They were talking to him about it last night, and he said, you know, that and that was his suggestion was that look, you know, there should be some sort of penalty if you if you're gonna, um, you know, have you know or alert the umps to to go stop the game and. Uh, just like with a with a challenge, you should lose that challenge or have some other penalty that you know makes it not always you know just gamesmanship to go ahead and make that call. Well, uh, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, uh, Girardi was wrong. I mean, the, but but the best part of it to me was that after he did it, Max Scherzer still got out of the inning with no trouble. And then yep. pitched a one, two, three next inning as well. <laughs> so it didn't seem to bother him an awful lot. No. I mean, it, it, fi- and actually, the one thing you probably don't want to do yes. is fire up Max Scherzer. Right. Yeah, you don't spit in the wind. You remember right. the old Jim Grocery song? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tug, tug on, on Superman's, tug cape. Superman's cape. They tugged yeah. pretty hard, and he was mad. Those two different color eyes of Scherzer's were on fire, man. They were <laughs> burn a hole through Girardi. Well, here's an even better one last night, and I don't know if you saw this video, but this was great. In the Oakland Athletics game last night, Sergio Romo basically let the umpires know what he <laughs> thought about the checks. He did the same thing. He throws down his glove, throws down his hat, and then drops Trow. He literally pulled down his pants. Thank God he had a long jersey on. 
I'd, but he literally dropped his pants. I thought he was a bachelor looking for some dates, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but look, I mean, I think that we're going to see some more of this, at least in the beginning, you know, because guys are going to get sick of this real quick, you know. Uh, you know, and maybe we're only going to go through this for a week or two, and then maybe they'll back off because they've put the word out. The pitchers now know don't do it. So maybe after a week or two, this will die down. What do you think? I mean, are they going to continue this for the rest of the year? Um, I don't know. You know, that's, that is kind of the million-dollar question, right? Because um, we've already seen um, the spin rates drop, right? So, Significantly, yeah. Big time, right? So they've gotten the message. Um, and, and really, it, and as much as I love Max Scherzer and um, you know, these other guys who are you know, at least acting like they're really mad about this, um, they kind of had it coming. Right. So uh, I don't have a, you know, a ton of sympathy for them because they're going to have to pay the price for this for a little bit and they're going to have to play along. And I think eventually, you know, uh, there, there's got to be something there. The first, first step, they're going to have to figure out how to handle the manager um, challenges uh, to, you know, to pitchers uh, with this. But, you know, once they get that settled, then I think there's probably some sort of, uh, and, and maybe it won't even be an official thing. It's just the umpires will sort of slowly stop checking them after every inning. Um, that seems a little over. Um, and maybe they're just going to start watching spin rates, right? If you know, they might just say, "Look, we're going to pause this now, and moving forward, as long as spin rates stay at human levels, not superhuman levels, um, we're not going to do the uh, uh, the the full body searches for a while." Yeah, my prediction is they'll go for a while and then stop. But I think you'll see a rash of pitchers growing out their hair, not washing their hair, putting <laughs> special conditioner in their hair. If it's good enough for Max, you know, it's good enough for the rest of them. And then you'll see the uh, umpires having a test kit to test their hat and hair for, you know, it's how far do you go with this, right? I mean, I, I think pitchers will find a way to get whatever advantage they can. And if it's won't happen right away, but before the end of the year, I think they'll come up with something new. Well, let me let me let me throw this out there. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. You got these umpires out there, and they're checking all the hats and the gloves, and the and they're checking these hats that are like loaded with sweat, and like nobody's. I'd I'd be I'd want a surgical glove on. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bodily fluids going to be exchanged out there. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I that's kind of gross when you think about it, right? Mm. Gross and uh, uh, you know, not exactly COVID friendly. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it's not. You know, and the other thing is, and, you know, here's my, you know, when they were checking Max Scherzer yesterday for the third time, I said, look, any pitcher that gets caught in the first week of this happening or the first couple of weeks of this happening is the dumbest human being that has ever existed on the earth. I mean, everybody everybody knows. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to actually still cheat when you know they're going to check? You have to be. You either got to think you're the you're smarter than everybody else, or you're just a flat out moron. Hmm. And maybe both. (laughs) You can be both. You can be both. (laughs) Okay. You know, one of the things we were complaining about, or at least I was, not you guys, was the length of the games. What is this doing? To the speed of games, checking all these pitchers. I don't it's not think helping it. Yeah, I don't think it's hurt a lot um, when <coughs> the, the checks between innings. But when you start getting into checking on the mound in the middle of an inning, 
well, then that's a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah. I don't think it's affecting it a lot. Like I, when I was watching the Red Sox game, I mean, it takes them 15, 20 seconds, and it's as the pitcher's walking off the field, you know, after the inning. They don't check him before he goes out. They're checking him when the inning's over. So in the meantime, the other team's out there still doing their warm-up. So I don't think it's really affected it that way. But when, if we get into too many of these in the middle of the inning, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to slow it down. It has to. Um, you mentioned spin rate, and I just want to bring this up, and I don't want to get too technical about you know, RPMs and all that stuff. But the, uh, a company called Codify, which is it's an analytics consulting company, which you know, the nerds love that stuff in baseball these days. But they measured over the last 10 days, the velocity on pitches has stayed fairly flat. The spin rate has dropped like a rock <laughs> to the point of, you know, an average of 60 RPM, which isn't, in, which isn't insignificant. But when you think about it, the average, let's, let's assume, let's assume half the guys in baseball weren't cheating. Let's just assume that. And so their spin rates are going to stay the same. You're going to have other guys like, for instance, Garrett Richards from the Boston Red Sox. His spin rate has dropped three to 400 RPM since they took away. This. I mean, and he has been getting shellacked. We're taping this on uh, Wednesday, June 23rd. He started tonight against the Tampa Rays. Couldn't get out of the second inning. He was throwing absolute junk up there, stuff that just hung and Tampa was killing it. And this has happened his last three starts since this whole thing happened. And he came out after he had a couple of guys in his last start. And he said, well, this is what MLB gets. They wanted this. This is what they get. I'm just happy I got to this point in my career before they finally did something. He said, because I've been using it my whole, my whole career. Mm. I, mean, he just, I mean, he flat out admitted it. And uh, Garrett Cole didn't actually come out and say in a press conference that he used it, but he did say it without saying it, if you know what I mean. You, know, you, you mean because he got beat by the Royals last night? Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> well there is that. But, you know, well, yeah, but here's the thing. Garrett Cole pitched great last night. Mm-hmm. He lost. He lost to the he Royals, did. but but he pitched seven innings, gave up three hits and two runs, and struck yeah, out the, struck the out eight guys. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, so he, you know, so to me, you know, the elite pitchers, maybe they were using it. They probably didn't need it, you know. Right. Right. Uh, but guys like Garrett Richards, that's how they stayed in Major League Baseball. We may suddenly see guys who are these fringe pitchers all of a sudden looking for a new line of work because they're not going to have that thing that that, that they were using to cheat a little bit to give them the edge to stay in the game. It's kind of like guys did with steroids. That's what kept, you know, some guys that were on steroids, kept them in the game longer than they probably should have been. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot with, um, with this, with this whole, whole thing, you know, how, how many guys who were just sort of average, you know, cause you, all you hear, when you think about steroids, you think, you know, about the big guys, you know, right. the, the home run, uh, mashers, but really, how many guys were using steroids just to just to stay in it? And same thing right. with, like you say, with the pitching. I mean, you know, there's, you know, it, when those when the guys who don't need it use it, it just makes it even harder for the people, um, you know, further down the talent uh, uh, pole to uh, uh, to to not use it. And that's that's what this, that's where leadership comes from, right? We need. The, the guys who are the very best to to not do that. Gene, what is the penalty if one of these guys get caught right now? Let's say they're the most stupid man in America and they get caught this week. 
What is the penalty? Have they announced the penalty? Yeah, it's it's ten games with oh, pay. Really? It's it's ten games with pay. However, it not just affects them; it affects the entire team because while you're suspended for those ten games, your team cannot replace you on the roster. Uh, oh, I see. So they so they can't just call a guy up from the minor league. So if if, if you're a starter and you get caught. Well, your team's without a starter, and they're going to have to dip into the bullpen and have a bullpen game or something because they can't replace you. And not just for one turn in the rotation, because it's 10 games, that's two times around the rotation. So that could affect the entire team. So then, and and I think this is great because then it's peer pressure as well. Because not only is MLB going to whack you, your teammates are probably going to line up and kick the crap out of you because now you've put that entire bullpen behind the eight ball because guys are going to have to pitch more innings because we don't have a fifth starter. So, you know, I mean, I think I think it's I think the I think the penalty is appropriate. Now, what I don't know is and they haven't they haven't articulated this. What happens if you get caught a second time? You know, I mean, we know what they, we know it's a graduated thing for steroids. I would assume it'll be the same thing for uh, the sticky stuff, but I don't know. If you get caught twice, you got to play for the Twins or the Tigers, I think. Ooh. <laughs> By the way, the Tigers are not in last place anymore. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, really? Twins are now in last place. Holy cow. I still, you know, I tell you what, they looked like they were coming out of it, the Twins, for a while. They had won four or five in a row, and it looked like they might have some signs of life, but. And, you know, we're going to talk about the trade deadline in a bit, but that's another one of those teams where you got to think that uh, they're going to be looking to sell. But we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, you make a great point, though, Eric, about, you know, average guys that stayed in the league maybe because of steroids. The guys, the big, the big guy, A-Rod, you know, Barry Bonds, they were going to be Hall, they were going to be Hall of Famers without steroids. Right. Barry you know, Bonds would have been and, a shoot, would have still would have been a full first ballot Hall of Famer. I remember when he was in Pittsburgh before he was using the juice, he was still a great player. You know, uh, you know, so without the juice, they're in anyway. And now they use the juice and they screwed themselves out of the Hall of Fame. But I'll guarantee yeah. you there's there's a large number of guys that probably hung around for five, six, seven years because they were juiced. I think I, I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about it. So, uh, you know, and, but, but so anyway, I think the the playing field has been leveled. Now, the last question I have for you guys on this, and we, I think we talked about this last time, but there's been a lot of griping about the timing of this. Should Major League Baseball have waited until next season to do this, or was this the right move to do it midstream? It's the right move to do it midstream. Uh, you know, this is, you know, MLB gets thrashed for for not acting fast on a lot of problems like the steroids that we've right. just been talking about you know did they was it as well thought out as it could have been i don't know um but uh but yeah they need to act now i mean think about it before they announced they were going to act i mean it was turning into you know a huge scandal especially coming off of the astro scandal from another you know from a couple years ago you know it's like cheating 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 that is not a great look for any sports league and yeah they 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 had to act they acted you know they you know, even if it's not a perfect solution um, you know I'm, I'm glad they're doing something about it yeah i agree they had to do something just don't let the managers have too much control and do it don't do it during the games come on you know i, I don't know if this had anything to do with it but we've seen a lot of high scoring games in the last few days 
Uh, there was one today between the, the Nationals and the Phillies. The, after the debacle last night, it was a slow-pitch softball score. Uh, the final was 13-12. Uh, to 12. Washington beat Philly 13 to 12 in nine innings, by the way, this wasn't like some extra inning thing. It was, it was a nine inning uh, slugfest, 25 runs and 27 hits. So, you know, I I don't know if we're going to get a lot of those, but we've saw Oakland uh, the day before score like 13 runs. We've seen a lot of teams still score, you know, the Astros put up 13 tonight uh, and they're still, they're still going. They're playing the Orioles. I think you and I and Paul could score 13 against the Orioles, but that's has the average batting um, average for the whole league gone up since they started testing. I mean, it's maybe too soon to, to well, say that. It's yeah, it's only been a couple of days, so we don't know. But the the batting average around the league was 238. Yeah. It was historically low. I mean, you know, so uh, and I think I, I think that's why I agree with you, Eric. That I think it had to get done now because if not. I mean, it was going to set a major league record for futility. And if you're trying to keep people interested in the game, I don't think that's the way to do it. Yeah. And I've been pretty uh, strong on, you know, I mean, I, like, I, like I've said on the on past shows, you know, I love pitching and I love to see strikeouts. And a lot of that's, you know, just being a, being a Royals fan, if, you know, things are a little getting out of whack, that's an opportunity for the, for the Royals. Um but, you know, I do think that things have gotten just stupid, you know, now there's so many strikes against, um, literally and figuratively against batters that, uh, uh, that, you know, something, something has got to change. And especially, you know, with using, you know, all of these foreign substances, it's, uh, you know, there's gotta, there's gotta be more offense to make people interested. Um, even, even myself as a pitching fan, uh, would like to see a few more singles, all right, one quick story, a foreign substance you made me think about there. Today out in California, there was a news article that they did a DNA test of a Subway tuna sandwich. Oh, I saw, I saw And this. they found no evidence of tuna. So I think, what is cheaper than tuna to put into a sandwich to taste like tuna? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. So anyways, random thought. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, um, How do you okay. follow that? I, I, well, we're gonna just we're just gonna move along. <laughs> uh, the All Star Game is coming up, and, and uh, it, strange voting. They started this a couple of years ago, where they have uh, two phase voting, where the first phase ends on uh, Thursday, June twenty fourth, my birthday, um, and then they reset the top three players in each position, then move on to the second round and the top nine uh, outfielders. And then they reset it. Uh, kind of weird. But we're, let's take a look at the top three right now in, uh, in, in each of the positions. And you give me an idea if you think somebody got screwed. Uh, like, for instance, the American League, the top vote-getter overall, and obviously the top vote-getter at first base, to no one surprise, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, he's got uh, 49% of the vote. Uh, Yuli Gurriel got 10%. And then Jose Abreu, 8 I mean, and those are a couple of pretty good players, but Vlad's just blowing them away. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't even think of anybody else in the American League at first base that you'd even consider outside of the way Guerrero Jr. is playing this year. Can you? I mean, if, if it's not Abreu, who else would it be? Mm. I mean, I can't think of anybody. I agree with you. I, I saw Vlad, Vlad play a couple of games and thought, wow, he's entertaining, he's fast, he's strong. Well, um, well, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's fast. Well, but. he he made around the bases quicker than a lot of other guys, like the first baseman at, at Detroit Tigers these days. But uh, well, it, it helps because he well he lost thirty pounds in the off season. 
And he is like a different player this year. And I think he left the piano back home. Oh. Uh, so he's not carrying around on his back. <laughs> uh, first base in the National League, Max Muncy of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Freddie Freeman, the reigning MVP, is second at, uh, at 17%. Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs is at 13%. And, you know, and I, and I look at this, and frankly, there's not a lot of good first basemen right now. Freddie Freeman is a great first baseman, and he was the reigning MVP. Have you looked at his numbers this year? They're not good. Mm. You know, I think he's hitting about 245. You know, I mean, Anthony Russo's not hitting the cover off the ball either. You know, I just, and, and that's part of the problem, I think, with the all-star vote. You know, there's going to be guys that are going to get in because of the name. It's like that all the time, right? Guys get in because of who they are or who they play, play for, not necessarily by the numbers. And I think that's part of the, the debate that's been going on for years about whether fans should be voting or whether it should be based on merit. Hmm. But I'm, I, I still kind of like the fan idea. What about you guys? Um, I was. I'm just looking baseman. at the. Um, yeah, I'm like. Well, I'm looking at the at the first baseman, and it's it's it is sort of incredible how bad, especially in the National League, the right uh, the first baseman are. I mean, the top average among anyone is what 271 or 273. Yep. Yeah, with uh, Colin Moran, and it's just. And he's not. And he's not even in the the top five. You know, in voting. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and that's what's, and that's why I say, you know, uh, guys are going to get in because and Max Muncy is going to probably get in because he plays for the Dodgers because they're the sexy team, you know, although, yep. although the, maybe they're not as sexy as they used to be. I think right now you can make the case that the Padres are, are sexier, but you know, he's probably going to get in, even though his numbers may not dictate that he should. Yeah, I you know I, this system's not too bad, but give me the old punch cards, man. Give me the when I was a kid, oh, and you guys God. remember we'd get the old <laughs> yeah. cards at the games. You'd punch the little holes, the hanging chad type holes, and then you'd turn it in <laughs> or mail it in, and that's way you'd vote for for players. And of course, you know New York and the big markets always dominated, um, but that was to me just it felt like you were part of it, and it was cool. Do you remember the punch cards? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think the reason they went to this uh, method of of selecting teams was actually after the Royals, um, you, our fans sort of bombed the the All Star voting, and it was the year after the World Series win, and almost got Omar Infante elected. Oh, and he was I remember like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember yes. that. Yeah. And so I think that was that was the catalyst behind the the two stage or whatever it is they're doing to to keep uh, uh, to keep that from happening because the Royals had like six or seven maybe eight guys on the team and then, and we're like all right let's everybody vote Omar <laughs> so anyway that's it well you know and it's interesting too I mean I'm looking at the outfield for the American League two of the guys that are in the t- the top three in voting aren't even going to be able to play Mike Trout's hurt yep. And Byron Buxton just got hurt again yesterday. I think he um, broke his wrist. Uh, and so he's out. So two of the, two of the top three vote getters, aren't, they're going to get voted in, but they're not going to be there because they're not going to be uh, healthy enough to play. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that because the other part of this that bothers me is they, the Major League Baseball took away. Remember when the managers used to have some flexibility in who they picked as the reserve? Yes, I like they that. They don't even ha- they don't even have that flexibility anymore. Oh, really? So that makes a lot of sense. They yeah. should have. That. Major League Baseball calls them up and says, "Okay, look, here's who you're going to take." Mm. 
you know, the, because they they uh, they didn't like the fact that you know a manager might take one of his own guys over somebody else, and so now they have like this group that gets together and they tell them they tell the managers who the reserves are going to be. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, the, the good news for you, Eric, is uh, Salvador Perez is leading in catcher in the American League by yeah, and, and, by a ton, by the way, yeah, and as he, as it should be. Yeah, he is killing it this year and has, uh, you know, he's hitting for power and average. Um, you know, I, yeah, he's, he's picking up right where he left off. You know, he, you know, it, last year for the shortened season, he had a, had a great year coming off of Tommy John surgery and has done nothing but um, uh, just hammer the ball all year, even a, a pretty tough year. And I think part of that is that they're finally have convinced him to, to take some days off from behind the plate. Right. You know, he was he was catching, you know, like 150 games a year right. um, for several years. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 very happy to see uh, Salvi getting the recognition. Uh, the bad news for you, Paul, is there is not a Detroit Tiger. <laughs> in sight. I mean, there is not a Tiger that is in the top well, five. My second favorite position. team is Boston. If you think about boys of summer initials are B.O.S., you know, there hello. you go. So, I mean, there's plenty of Boston there. Our former Tiger, J.D. Martinez, is in there uh, behind Otani and designator hitter land. So, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. And I will still watch the All-Star game, even if it doesn't mean anything. I, I like the the climate of it. I mean, the culture of it, that you got guys hanging around for the all, just hanging relaxing for the home run derby. And um, I like it to see the managers try to figure out how they can play every a player. Um, to me, it's fun. It just represents good old baseball time. Um, so I know some people don't like the home run derby. <laughs> I'm I, I hate it. I, I hate knew it. you but, did. So. Uh, but, I, but I'm actually going to bring that up next. Since they are having a home run derby, and we do know that Shohei Otani is going to be in it, which should be entertaining, no question about that. Who is on your wish list? Who do you want to see in the home run derby in Colorado where the ball might never come down. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one because I'm, I'd be curious to see how, how far he could hit a ball in Colorado. That's Aaron judge. <laughs> now, Aaron judge yeah. has said, Aaron judge has said he is not interested in participating in the home run derby. He said he won't do it until the all-star game returns to New York. Ah, really? but I, but I, yeah, that's what it was uh, in the uh, in one of the New York papers today. But I would love to see how far he could hit a ball in Colorado. I'd like to see Vlad Jr. on that. Um, yep. I'd like to see a whole contest just with uh, famous sons or grandsons of famous <laughs> players. There's Skrimsky, um what's the Yeah. Um, Bichette. 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 Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them right now. Why not? That would be so cool. Well, hell, we'll pull out. Uh, we'll pull out Zach Plesac, even though he's a pitcher, since he's the son of a former <laughs> pitcher. We'll make we'll yeah. make him participate. Why not? Um, you know, another guy I want to see participate, and I don't know if he will, but I hope ne- Nolan Arenado does from St. Louis, returning to Colorado and participating in the All Star uh, Home Run Derby would be would be kind of cool. Would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I'd love to see that. I'm just trying to think of any other any other guy that can hit it to the moon that we'd love to see. Uh, just because it's in Colorado. I mean, I God, I remember back in the old days. I would love to see what, how Mark McGuire could have hit it in Colorado. Yeah, but isn't this prime for a, a little guy to slip in there and win it? I mean, Jose Jose Altuve. Yeah. Get, oh, that would be cool. Because no, it wouldn't. 
he could get in there, hit a lot of home runs because of the height and the everything else, and steal one. It'd be almost like Spud Webb competing for the NBA dunk contest, you know. Well, ex- except that Jose Altuve's hitting home runs at a fairly, fairly prodigious rate this year. He's been on fire. Uh, the, the Astros, just as a whole, have just been completely out of control. Yeah, um, ask, I think that's the Red Sox about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, I think if, if I was picking someone, I would have Pujols come out. Um, I mean, when was the last oh, time he, when was the last one. time he was at one, when, yeah. when was the last time he was at a, at Atlanta? And this is probably his last year, I would assume. That would be and, cool. Yeah. And he's, he could, he although could you, Oh, you, you know, he could, although you wonder at the same time if it might make people sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like if he did it and didn't, do, didn't yeah. do well, you know, it kind of, I think it would make me sad. It might make me want to cry. Maybe uh, they should have like an old timers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll just bring out the softball. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. that. Uh, all right. So a couple other things. Favorite all-star memories. Do you have any that anything that you can think of off the top of your head from old all-star games? I have one and I, or actually I have two. And the, the, the first one is the first all-star game I ever remember watching on television. And it was in 1970. And I will never forget this because it actually turned out to be one of the more famous things that ever happened in the all-star game. This is the all-star game when Pete Rose <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yes. trucked Ray Fossey. At home plate, yeah. uh, and it was so bad that and Fossey, to, to his credit, played the rest of the season. They said, "Oh, you know, it hurt his shoulder." They said, "There's nothing wrong with your shoulder, right?" And he played the rest of the season until the off season came and the swelling went down enough to find that they found out that his shoulder was literally broken. Wow, he had a broken yeah. bone. Pete Rose literally broke Ray Fossey. He was never. The same player yeah. again. He had had back-to-back outstanding years in uh, in set in seventy and seventy-one. After that uh, shoulder got broken, he never was the same again. He was essentially a part-time player uh, within the next two years. Hmm. So you could make the case that Pete Rose ended Ray Fossey's career, and that was the first All-Star game I ever watched on television. Hmm. I because saw it I re- too. It because I awesome. remember. I remember my father yelling, holy, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my second memory that I have it wasn't that well. Actually, it was a long time ago. Now that I think about it. It was 22 years ago. 1999, uh, the All-Star Game in Boston. Pedro Martinez, the starter for the American League, strikes out Barry Larkin, Larry Walker, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire to start the all-star game. He stuck out <laughs> those four guys in a row. The next guy, Matt Williams reaches on an, on an error. He then strikes out Jeff Bagwell to strike him out, throw him out, double play. So he pitches <laughs> two innings and strikes out five guys. And three of them are in the hall of fame. That's pretty good. And Mark McGuire, if he wasn't on the juice, probably would be in the Hall of Fame, too. So that was one of the most incredible pitching performances I've ever seen in an All-Star game. Yeah, uh, I think my all-time favorite memory uh, has to be 89 uh, when Bo Jackson let off with his home run. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... uh, Homer. Probably Homer. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I make no... uh, no excuses, no apologies. 
Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Bose. Any, any Royals fan would would tell you that. I can't think of another uh, example from her from mm-hmm. a All Star game. What about you, Paul? What do you got? Well, I'm going to go Homer too. 1971 All Star game in Detroit, Michigan. Listen to the managers for the National League: Sparky Anderson, who would later go to Detroit. Earl Weaver for American League, most valuable player, Frank Robinson. Um, and listen to the starters. Uh, Johnny Bench, Willie McCovey, uh, Glenn Beckert, I don't know who he is very much, Joe Torrey, Bud Harrelson, Hank Aaron, Willie Mace, Willie Stargell for the National League, for the American League. <laughs> um, Ray Fossey, Boog Powell, Rod Carew, Brooks Robinson, Louis Appreciatio. I can't even say his name. You can, though. Appreciatio. Thank you. Tony Leva, Frank Robinson, Kari Skrimsky. The big thing in this, all right, remember we talked about the power of the managers? Not a single Tiger made the starting lineup for the American League, but what did the manager do? The old boy network? We had Mickey Lolich. We had Bill Freehand. We had Norm Cash. We had Al Kalin. All make it as reserves. As reserves. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. There you go. And I, you know what? The one thing, remember that? I don't know if you remember this, but Reggie Jackson hit an absolute he missile. Did. In he, that game. I think it went off the light tower. It did. It would have gone over the whole stadium, but they hit the light yeah. tower. And that the manager for the Tigers crazy. back in those days, Mr. Billy Martin. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on the right? bench. He was on the oh, bench. Wow. Earl Weaver was the manager, and he had Billy Hunter as an assistant coach, and he had Billy Martin there. Because back in those days, you had the home field manager assist you if you were the incoming manager. Oh, wow. And later on, of course, Billy and Reggie would get into it a few times. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's talk about the trade deadline that is going to be coming up pretty soon. And we mentioned uh, one of the teams that might be a seller, and that is the Minnesota Twins, a team that you have to think at this point, don't they have to be throwing up the white flag? No. I mean, they're they're surprising. I still can't believe they're in last place. Uh, you know, but don't they, you know, and they've got guys like Nelson Cruz that, you know, now he's a designated hitter, but there are teams that are looking for some pop boy. That might be, you know, somebody they'd be interested in a Josh Donaldson. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who else, maybe, you know, maybe they could probably Kenta Maeda away if they gave enough prospects, but I would think Minnesota would be one of those teams are 12 and a half games back and we're not even at the all-star game yet. So confounding how they've they've been so bad. Uh, you know, to me, the the biggest miracle is that Rocco still has a job there. Right. But, um, yeah. uh, but man, yeah, I I think at at, at some point, I mean, I I. But you're right. I mean, the thing is, is they they have a solid lineup. You would think, you know, top to bottom, but there aren't any big names that are going to bring them. That I can think of. I don't think Josh Donaldson is going to get. I don't think at this point in his career. I yeah, think you're he's, right. Yeah, and he's had, he hasn't played great. Um, I just, you know, they're going to have to trade a number of players, I guess is what I'm saying, to get, to make it worthwhile. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's a tough situation for them. You know, I mean, the only guys, I mean, you know, I think, you know, somebody like uh, now a Mitch Garver would be really attractive to some teams, but I don't think you're going to give away a catcher, you know, right. because there are still few of them. And Mitch Garver is a guy that's got some pop. I don't know whether they would move him or not. And another interesting guy though, uh, if you're looking for some defensive help, uh, Andrelton Simmons, 
you know, a great defensive shortstop. You know, maybe you could you could get something for him. A guy like Max Kepler that can hit the ball a little bit. Uh, you know, they've yeah. got a bunch of young outfielders, so they might be willing to give up a guy like Kepler if you can get enough for him. Uh, what what are your Royals going to do? That's a that's a good question. I think um, you know they're still you know they're still hanging around a little bit. Uh, when I look at that lineup, I see you know a few names that could go like you know a lot of people have talked about Minor being you know a, a, a pitching prospect for for a lot of teams, and I could certainly see him. Um, you know, being being gone. You know, and in fact, I hope they, you know, can find a good deal to get some prospects for him. If you know, if it gets to the end of July and we're we're not really doing any better, um, and and frankly, there's no reason to expect that the Royals are going to make a great run at this point. Right. You know, uh, right. we're still kind of floating on our great April. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I I don't see I I I I don't see like a total sell off. But I think they're going to look. You're going to find some pieces that they can um, that they can drop and maybe you know get get a good return on, you know. But I don't see them, you know, trading anybody. You know, even you know, obviously, you know, Salvi's not going anywhere. He's got a long-term contract. Merrifield's not going anywhere. Merrifield's not going. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Danny Duffy, who's had a really kind of resurgent. you know, first couple of months this year, not then, you know, uh, and he said he wanted to be a Royal his whole life. Then he went on the DL. So nobody's going to pick him up at this age. Right. To right. Finish out, um, even though his ERA was, I think still below two when he went on the, um, IL, but yeah, I don't, I don't, again, it's kind of the same thing as the, uh, as the twins. There's, you know, a few opportunities to maybe get some trades, but no, you know, there's no, a gangbuster deal that's going to change the course of the franchise. What about your Tigers? Is there any talk in Michigan about Detroit doing anything at the deadline, Paul? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it be, is it because they like what they have and they think they're going to get better, or is it because they don't think there's anybody anybody wants? Uh, is this like uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Can I call a friend or or can I <laughs> get a multiple choice here? Hey, the only thing I like about this year is AJ Hinch is really pulling guys up and down, up and down from the farm, and then he's putting people on waiver, and sometimes they clear it and they keep them. But they're trying everything to assess everybody they have, and it's the only thing they can really do. And I like the spirit about the team. Um, I think in baseball, for me. Every year's not going to be a great year unless you're got all the money in the world. I'm more curious to see if the Dodgers will do anything else because I think their their clock is ticking pretty fast. I think the injuries this year have proven that. Um, so, Gene, do you think the Dodgers are going to do any more? Yes, I absolutely do. I think that they're going to have to. Uh, I mean, look, right now they're having trouble beating the San Diego Padres. And they're still trying to chase down a San Francisco Giants team that I can't believe is doing what they're doing. They won again today. They're 22 games over 500, which is ridiculous. So I think I absolutely think they will. Uh, what will they do? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that they will probably go and look for what everybody looks for is more pitching. Because you can never have enough. They've had some issues with uh, some injuries, guys coming back, and and they're not, they're still not quite ready. So yeah, no, I think they will, and they've got deep pockets. Uh, but I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think in some cases it's not a young team, 
so it would not surprise me at all if they go out and, and make some kind of move. I just don't know. I, other than pitching, I don't know where else they're going to be able to improve. You know, you're not going to replace Mookie Betts or Bellinger or Muncie or Turner uh, or, or Seeger. I mean, where, so where in, in the infield or the outfield do they need to make any kind of big jump? I can't think of it. So the only place I think they could, could make a move is pitching, and I think they will. I absolutely think they and will. Between, where they'll go? Yeah. Between I, I the Red know. Sox and the Yankees, which team will make the most changes too? That's another – I mean, you're really up on the East. Well, I think that the Red Sox are going – the question with the Red Sox is, are they going to go out and make some moves? And if they do, it's going to probably put them over the luxury tax threshold, which they have said they don't want to do. So they're, but they're in a very interesting spot here. The biggest problem is, is that their starting pitching staff right now stinks. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's supposed to be their ace outside of Chris Sale, has an ERA of over six. He hasn't mm. been able to get out of the, you know, out of his own way lately. He was awful yesterday against Tampa. So, uh, you know, Garrett Richards, the Mister Stickum, has been terrible since they cracked down on him. You know, Nick Pavetta is who he is. Uh, you know, but they're going to get Chris Sale back early in August, but then that's it. So they've got to get some pitching. I just don't know where it's going to come from, and I don't know how they're going to be able to afford it. That's my concern. And the Yankees are in the same boat. They are. Uh, they've got some serious holes in that lineup right now. You know, they're not hitting. And you know, you know, Gary Sanchez. You know, their catcher is hitting two twenty. Now he can still hit one out, but he's hitting two twenty. You know. Uh, you know, Luke Voigt can't stay healthy, you know, and uh, they've got pitchers dropping like flies. So I, I think it's going to be an arms race, but I think the Yankees have more money and the Yankees are more willing to spend it. So I, if I had to be a, a betting man, I'd say the Yankees will make more moves. So I'll make one but, prediction. I think it's really going to be true. I, I almost guarantee that David Price will not come back to the Red Sox. Oh, there's got the farm on that. I'll tell you a guy that's interesting. There's a guy, there's a pitcher out there that did not get signed as a free agent, and I, I still think that he's going to get a contract somewhere. And I actually thought the Red Sox should call him, and that's Rick Porcello. Ooh, uh, ooh, nice, Rick, yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick Porcello, you know, look, it, it, he had an awful 2020, but who didn't? You know, but this is a guy that won the Cy Young for the Red Sox not that awful long ago. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's sitting out there with no job. You know, so I'm I'm actually shocked nobody has called him yet. And and I I, I kind of put a bug in my buddy Pete Abraham's ear from the Boston Globe. I said, Hey, hey, anybody called Porcello? Right. You know, ask him what they ask anybody if they've called Porcello. If they do sign him, by the way, I want a finder's fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think but I think the Yankees are are going to make some moves. The Red Sox have some interesting guys, position guys. This young outfielder Jaron Duran who's actually played in the Olympic qualifier. He's tearing the cover off the ball in AAA. Uh, the fans are, are crying for them to bring him up, but uh, they're not yet. So, uh, so we'll see. But I think the Yankees are going to spend money, unfortunately. Yeah. That's uh, I, I, and there's one guy I want to ask before we – we're kind of running long here today, but before we get out of here, here's a guy I want to ask you. Will the Colorado Rockies move Trevor Story? Now, they moved Nolan Arenado. Uh, they're going nowhere. They've got to rebuild that franchise. Trevor Story is a guy that a lot of people would like to have. Yeah, I think I think he's, you know, assuming that Washington is 
you know, the, the recently resurgent Washington Nationals. And they're playing assuming, well. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming they are kind of off their, you know, off the sellers list, at least for the time being, I think Story is the number one prospect out there um, for somebody to pick up. And I think somebody's going to make him an offer they can't refuse. So I think they're going to have to give him a lot. I mean, they're going to have to give him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the Yankees and the Dodgers both, you know, could probably probably use them, and they, you know, um, especially, you know, and especially the Dodgers. I mean, how would you like to have that lineup and and playing that well and getting smoked by the freaking Giants with the oldest uh, right. lineup in the MLB? So yeah, I think uh, I would not be surprised at all if he ends up um, with the Dodgers. I would put the brakes a little bit on Trevor's story just because his stats in Colorado have not been that great the last two years compared to his first four or five. Now, granted, 2020 was not a regular year, but you're playing in Colorado, and he has six home runs this year. In previous years, he had 35, 37, 24, 27. He's not on pace to hit that many home runs. His average this year is 254, and in his golden years, he was a 290 hitter in Colorado. You put him in a bigger field, and I don't know if you're, what you're going to get, but I think a good shortstop always helps you up the middle, right? You know, you, some people always say you got to have all the good players up the middle. So I don't know. That's my break. Put your brakes on him a little bit. I mean, I guess the question would be: Is is who of the contenders that who needs a shortstop? That's that. I guess you know that's the question. I mean, I was looking at the National League East, but none of those guys really need a shortstop. They're all you know. I guess I guess Philly could use them, but you know I don't think Philly's going to spend any more money. They've already spent the sun, the moon, the earth, and the stars for you know JT Ramuto and and uh, and Bryce Harper. So I don't know how much more money they have to spend. Um, so I, I just don't know of the contenders where he would go. But uh, it's a name that has been certainly thrown around uh, quite a bit. So we'll see. Well, guys, um, that's going to do it for us here. I know, Paul, you're heading out on vacation for a week. So uh, we're going to be back. The next show that we have will be just about the time the All-Star game is ready to happen. So we'll know who your All-Star starters are then. And we're going to be getting closer to the trade deadline. So we might be able to zero in on this a little bit more. Uh, uh, So uh, for Paul Arnold. Eric Braun, I'm Gene Gumps. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to The Boys of Summer.